guys remember when going back to school meant getting back to normal, right? And we had that, that idea of, hey, the summer's here, that's fun, it's great, we've done summer vacation, we've done all this, but school kind of gets us back into the normal, the routine, and even though sometimes we don't like routines, there is life and rhythm in that routine and, and in the rhythm of that. And so this morning we're going to be beginning a series called Back to School as we get back to school. How many of you are excited? All right, two of you. Good. That's good. All right. We like that. But we're going to talk about over the next few weeks this idea of getting back to school and new investments, new returns, new um, schedules, and, and what it looks like for us to get into a healthy life rhythm for us in, in, in different areas of our life. And in particular today, we're thinking about our personal time of worship, a time of us just setting aside some moments where we can spend some time alone with God and recognize that God is God and I'm not. And in the midst of the chaos and the craziness of life, sometimes it allows us to kind of pull back and realize I'm not in control of COVID. I'm not in control of masks. I'm not in control of hand sanitizer. I'm not in control of all the variety of different things. And it helps us recognize we are Chris and we're not God. And also in those moments of the personal time of worship, we can reflect and be reminded of the fact that God is God and that he's in control and he's not surprised by any of this. And he's working in it and through it and has a plan, even in the midst of what the stuff that we can't completely grasp. One of the things that many of us loved about summer break was there was always a song that we had that we were like, yeah, and you have this song and you're going into your whatever year, your freshman year, your senior year, and you're thinking this is like the the mantra of my life. Maybe you had your first kiss to a Richard Marks song or something like that. I mean, you're like, whoa, yeah, you know, and all these different things. And so you've got this stuff going on. And so music is a big part of our life, right? And so this morning we're going to play a little game together, and I've got some songs from all of the ages. And so some of you will recognize them maybe quicker than others, and uh, we won't tell you how old somebody is if they recognize certain songs. We're just going to assume that they have you know, Apple Music or something or Spotify, and they listen to all genres from all ages, okay? We don't own any of this music, and we're just going to have fun with it for just a second, all right? So here's our first song. All the young people are like, sounds like an elevator. Yeah, theme from a summer place. It's an old song. Some of you had to watch the Lawrence Welk show. Right? So this was one of the songs that you would have gotten to know. And the young people are like, thank goodness Elvis came along. Here we go. What is this? Uh-huh. Some of you didn't want to admit that you knew the song. All right. All right, next. Yeah. Everybody wants to get their board shorts on and get moving. All right. What do we got next? Oh, everybody's like, oh, here we go, here we go. You're aging yourself. Oh, yeah, here we go. Get your car. Like, Here we go, yeah, yeah. You know you were cruising the strip to Ice Ice Baby. You know you were. Ah, yes, let's get a little Disney song in there, Life is a Highway. This run right here is for my kids because it shows them that I'm cool and I keep up with music. I used to bite my tongue and hold my breath. To rock the... Who doesn't? Who doesn't like it? All right. So music is important. 
it gets us into the things and we begin to think about it. And here we are getting back to school. And I don't know what the song of COVID-19 would be uh, other than maybe just mass chaos and a mush of all kinds of stuff. But as we get back into this new normal, I want to just challenge you to begin to think about God has some ideas for us of schedules and routines that are life-giving. And that really this morning, I want you to see that if it was good enough for the Son of God, to take some time away for himself to spend time with the Father, then surely it's even more important and more valuable for us as we model Jesus to get away for a little bit and to spend some time with the Father. So in just a few moments, we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 1, verses 35 through 39. But I want you just to think about this idea of your schedule. School's about to start, and you're going to be like scrambling to make breakfast. You're going to be scrambling to make lunches. You're thinking about snacks, and you're thinking about schedules. And you're like, I don't want to eat fast food, but how are we going to do all this different stuff? And so routine and schedules are important. And moms, I think of you even, is that the schedule is going on, and you're thinking, man, I've got to get up now at 5 o'clock in the morning so I can find a place to hide and have a cup of coffee before everybody starts coming, going, mom, 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 because they don't ever ask dad, mom, 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 and you're like, find dad, and you know what I mean? So that's the chaos that I'm imagining. And what is it like for us to just find a moment of peace and just sit at the feet of the Father and to sit in his lap and say, God... I need you even more than ever. I need to hear from you and to know that I'm loved by you and cared for you and that you, as God, are caring about the intimate details of my life. Again, if God was even concerned about the details of Jesus' day, surely he's concerned about the details of our day as well. So in Mark chapter 1, we'll get there in just a second, but... As you think about Jesus, even the beginning of his ministry, he would always find a time and a way to get away for a few moments. He needed those moments alone, even away from the disciples. You can imagine going from city to city, place to place, and every time he would show up, people would show up and crowds would gather, and the pull that that would have on him, the emotional pull, the psychological pull, just the energy of what it would take to consistently be teaching, to consistently be doing healing, and all the things that Jesus was asked of him, that all the directions that he was pulled, it was necessary for him to get away for a few moments. Even at the very beginning of his ministry, after he was baptized, he went away for 40 days and 40 nights to just get away for a few moments. And in the midst of that, there were trials and specifically there were temptations by Satan. And every time that he was tempted, his response was a reflection of his time alone with the Father previous to this moment. Satan would give a temptation, and his response would be, it is written. It is written. So every time that a temptation came his way, he wouldn't, in the frazzleness of the moment, he would be reminded of the fact that this lie is presented, but there's truth over here. And the reason that he knew that it was truth, besides the fact that he was the Son of God, was that he had spent time in God's Word, and he knew the truth that could respond to the lie that he'd been given. And so again, if God the Father thought it was important enough for his son to spend time in scriptures and that those moments of trials and temptations that Jesus thought the most adequate response was to give God's word back to them, surely that is for us as well. So that those moments when we have trials and temptations to to hear the lies and try to sort through the truth, we can be able to say it is written in response to the trials and temptations of life. 
Matter of fact, all throughout beginnings of, of Jesus' ministry, whenever people would come and they would try to trick him, the religious people would come and say, ask different questions, and he would respond to them as the people who were supposed to have read Scripture, say, well, haven't you read what the Scriptures say? And take them back to the truth. Again, the Son of God consistently not only dealt with trials and temptations with Scripture, he dealt with those that were trying to trick him and to, to lead him astray he would take them back to the truth of Scripture. Matter of fact, even at the end of Jesus' ministry, he was being trying to, they were trying to trick him again and saying he wasn't the Messiah and all that. And so Jesus, in Luke chapter 24, verse 27, it says this, Jesus took them through the writings of Moses all the way through the prophets and explained the Scriptures, the things concerning himself. Consistently, Jesus took the people back. Here's the truth. Here's my Father's word. This is what I'm about. This is my mission. This is what my life is about. Those healings that I'm doing, all the different things that we're about, I am pointing you back to the God the Father, and I'm pointing you to Scripture that you say that you know. I'm, I, my life is a reflection of my Father's words. And so for us, if it was good enough for Jesus to get away in the morning and just kind of spend some time and before the Father and let his heart beat, be in tune with the Father's heartbeat, how much more important is it for us who have many trials, many temptations, many struggles, and many lies of our past and the things that we're struggling with and trying to find the truth, that the best way for us to know the truth and to have a foundation of truth is to spend time with God the Father in His Word, in His truth. So look at Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Jesus was in the habit of getting away early in the morning. How many of you are early morning people? All right. Most of you are. How many of you are late night people? How many of you are people? Okay, yeah, we're struggling, all right? And so some of you are early morning people, some of you are evening people. So here's what I would tell you. Whether it's in the morning or later in the evening, set aside a time to spend time with the Father. Jesus happened to be a morning person. What does it say? Before daybreak the next morning, not many of us are up before daybreak, Jesus was, he needed some time away. Remember the kids are like, Daddy, Daddy, what are you doing? And he's away. You would think that the disciples would know where the milk and the Cheerios were at and they could take care of themselves without Jesus. But they couldn't, all right? We see that. So before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon, also known as Peter, and others went out to find him. And when they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. Now, can you imagine Jesus' life? That everywhere he went, the news had gone. And so whenever he showed up into a town, there were people waiting, and they wanted him to preach, they wanted him to teach, they wanted him to do healing. And so everywhere he went, it was like, Jesus, Jesus. And so the, the constant pool of time and of energy and of all that it would take to just physically be the person of Jesus in the ministry and, and all that that would take. And so now he's in this moment early in the morning. It's the only time he can find by himself. And the very first thing that he hears from his best friends is, dude, what are you doing? Why aren't you out here doing what you're supposed to be doing? Everyone's looking for you and we can't do your job. You feel like that? So that's Jesus. He has to get away even early in the morning to be able to do that. First thing that I want you to get from this passage in verse 38, is that when we spend time alone with God, it allows our hearts to be redirected. Jesus, in verse 38, says, But Jesus replied to their response of everyone is looking for you. 
his response because of his time with God was this. We must go on to the other towns. So in that moment of quiet time, his heart was redirected and he was given directness of where he was supposed to be going and what he was supposed to be doing. Maybe you've heard it this way in your car. You're driving along and the GPS says, rerouting, rerouting, rerouting. Have you ever heard that? And a good person that's driving, what do they do? They hear it and they go, eh, not really. And you turn it off and all the wives look at their husbands. And we just, we just don't want to listen to that voice because we think we have got it better. We know exactly where we're going and what we're doing. That is the beauty of our personal time with God is that in those quiet moments, we're allowing him to reroute our hearts and redirect our affections and our attentions. And in those moments, we have a choice of, am I going to listen to the still, small voice of God the Father when he's rerouting me, or am I going to say, eh, I think I've got it today. And so many times, we choose our own path, our own way, our own wisdom, and we think we can get somewhere faster, easier, cheaper, whatever, than what God would want, and we have to, instead of listening to his voice, en route to the way that God would want it. Because so many times, God's way is exactly opposite of the way that we would do it. Living for God is upside-down living. So the first thing, this benefit, so to speak, that we get from being in the presence of God in a quiet time is he redirects our heart. The second thing we see is that not only do they know to go to other towns, but then I will preach to them. He's powered up. He has an opportunity to, to have the, the energy to go. How many of you have ever slept all night long and you wake up because your alarm goes off and you are still tired? Anybody? Okay. So this is a part of life, that there is we get older, we can't sleep in, you can't call the boss and say, I know it's 11 o'clock, but I'm still tired I'm going to eat lunch. I'm going to take a nap. And when I feel good, I'll get back. All right? And Jesus is in the same boat. He's going from place to place. He knows that his time is short. And so he needs these moments, not only for his heart's affections to be in tune with God the Father, but also so that he can be powered up. He will have the Holy Spirit-infused power to do the work that he's called to do. And the same is true for us is that we need those moments because sometimes even though you're called to a job, it still sucks the life out of you. I think about teachers, that they love students, or at least I hope they do. They love students, right? And they're there early in the morning and they work late at night and they do lesson plans and they all this different stuff. And one plus one is just a tool to get into the place to transform minds and to hopefully see students graduate and be mature adults and, and make a difference. And so they're there for this part. But guess what? Teachers I've heard come home and they're tired. Because all of this stuff just sucks the life, even though they're giving and they're giving and they're giving, and it just takes life from you. And so whatever job that you're doing, that you're in there and you're giving it all, you're, you're passionate about it, and you come home at the end of the day and you're tired, and sometimes that nap that you have at night isn't quite enough to power you up. And it reminds me of those moments where you think you've charged your phone or you think you've charged your Apple Watch and, and you put it on there and you walk away and then you come back hours later only to realize that it wasn't plugged in. And that some of you are living life that way. 
is that you think that just because you're coming to church or you're doing some of the activities of church that you're plugging into the power source and, and, and you're getting little bitty bits and it's kind of getting you somewhere, but you never get fully charged to do the job, to do what God has for you to do. And, and you're missing out on what it means to have the true Holy Spirit-infused courage and power and motivation to do the things that God has for you specifically to do. And that only comes from those moments of just being in the quiet with God and saying, God, reroute my heart, power me up. I know that I'm teaching whatever today, and I've got five kids that, Lord, you need to do something with them because I can't. You know what I mean? Or whatever that is in your workplace. And you need more than what you yourself can do and bring to that. And the only way that that can happen is through your time and your routine spending time alone with the Father, to be redirected and powered up. And then finally, Jesus says, you know what, we must go on to the other towns as well. I'm going to preach to them. This is why I came. In that moment, in some of those times alone with God, he was reminded of the fact that he had a mission that only he could do. Not that he necessarily needed it. He's the son of God. But in those moments, I'm sure in the intimacy of that time with the Father, the Father said, my son and who I'm well pleased we're about the kingdom today. And his response was, yes, Father. I'm going to the other town. I'm going to preach so that one, maybe just one, might know you. And so for you, what is your mission? What has God called you to do? As a follower of Christ, he's called you to a relationship with him, but he's also placed you in a role in your life, whether it's a teacher, whether you're a computer nerd, whatever it may be. You have a place at your place, one, because you're a follower of Jesus, but he's placed you specifically where he's placed you because you are a missionary in that mission field. And that is your mission. You need to be heart's attention. You need to be powered up because there's going to be a moment and an opportunity to be reminded that your mission's focus isn't doing surgery. It isn't being a lawyer. is isn't being a teacher. It's in that moment to be able to be Jesus to someone that needs you to be Jesus, the hands and feet of Jesus in that moment. I know feats is not a word, but go with it. Be redirected, be powered up, be mission-focused from that time. Now, so what does that look like? You're thinking, Chris, you're a pastor. You know that they, they teach you this. You've paid thousands and thousands of dollars to learn how to know God. The same God that I've spent thousands of dollars studying is accessible to you for free. So here's some suggestions. Here's some recipe for success. I know some of you have been following my recipes online. As those things are free, this is free as well. All right? First thing is find a time. Find a time. You know your life rhythm. You know your biorhythm, whatever term you want. So you may be a morning person. You may not be a morning person, but it may be the only time you can get without kids or a husband, and so you got to do it. It's 5 o'clock in the closet. You lock it, and you got a chair, and you're like, I just need five minutes. And they can bang on that door, and you're like, God, do not strike them down, but that's what I'm thinking right now. You know what I mean? Just like this is our time and that deal. And so first find a time, whether it's in the morning, whether it's in the evening. Maybe for you it's lunch. Maybe it's a time where you're like, hey, I can just slip away for 10 or 15 minutes, go to the park, and just have a time. But find a time. Find a place place where you can do it. I love coffee shops for me or just kind of that place. I can find a little corner and hide for a few minutes, read God's word, just let him speak to me and just have that moment moments. Because there's also for me, there's something about a little bit of people moving around that reminds me of my personal calling. 
and it helps me kind of focus in on, for those moments, let those people go by so that I can focus in on what gives me the source to do what I do. So find a time, find a place, and then find a plan. If you're uh, new to Scripture, if you're new to this idea of having a personal worship time, there's a great app called YouVersion, Y-O-U Version. You can download it, and in there, there's a whole bunch of different devotionals that you can use. Some of them are three days, some of them are five days, some of them are seven days, some of them are 30 days. And just pick one that you say, hey, this kind of speaks to me in this moment. I'm going to begin to do that. Or if you're old school, and uh, you can take out your Bible, and in your Bible in the middle, there's a book called Proverbs. And in Proverbs, there's 31 chapters. So some months, there's actually 31 days, and uh, so you can follow along with that. So today is, what's today's date? 16th. Some of you know that. That's good. So you need to know the date. And then on the 16th today, you can go home, open up your Bible to the middle, Proverbs 16, and just begin to read it and say, God, just speak to me. What are the truths here in Proverbs 16 that are important that you need to say to me? And just begin to write notes and just begin to have a dialogue with God and say, God, I just need to hear from you in the quietness of this moment. Speak to me. And then finally, find a friend. Why do I say find a friend? Because it's easy to kind of get out of a habit and you're getting into a habit. It's good to have someone along. So whether that's you're trying to eat healthy or you're working out or you're whatever that is, this is a new habit. And so to have a friend that's on the same journey with you, to be able to text or to call or to Facebook and say, hey, what'd you learn today? And not in a judging way, but some days there's going to be moments where you're just like, man, my kids were up at 530. I don't know what got into them, but it wasn't Jesus. And so I didn't get to have my time. And so you're, you know, all the different stuff that you think life happens. So let's be honest about it. But to be reminded of the fact that this time is so important. I need friends in my life that are asking me, how are you doing with this? Because this redirects our hearts, attentions and our hearts, affections. This powers us up. And this reminds us of the fact that even though our work, even though school, even though volleyball, even though football, whatever it may be, even though it may be disappointing, Uh, difficult in this moment, I am placed there as a missionary in that mission field, and I have an agenda, and that's Jesus. So find a time to worship. And one final thing I want you to get is that sometimes in here we say, hey, this is, let's stand together and worship, and that's what we're doing. We're singing songs of affirmation of who God is and what he does in our life, but this is a time of reflection of what God's doing in our life throughout the week. And so this is a word that we say, hey, we're going to worship here, but what you want to get is this is one aspect of worship. On Monday at 5 a.m. can be just as impactful a time of worship or at lunch or at dinner. Our lives as followers of Jesus 24-7 are acts of worship. This time here are moments where we're singing an affirmation of worship. Let's pray together. Father, as you take us back to school, Lord, there's so many unknowns, there's fears, there's anxieties, there's doubts. There's all different kinds of stuff going on inside of our hearts and minds. Lord, may be in this, may we be reminded of the fact that you are God and we are not. That God, that you are not surprised by COVID-19 in 2020. You're not surprised by our reactions, you're not surprised by everything going on. And, Lord, you are in it with us. And that, Father, that maybe our fears and our anxieties and some of our unknowns would be lessened for us if we just spent some time alone with you and allowed you to speak deep to our hearts 
and say to us, I don't make mistakes. I don't make junk. I'm not confused by this, even though you are. That our heart's affections would be attuned to the right appetites. And that maybe the quote-unquote world has taken away some of the things that we had given our heart's affections to that are now gone, that God, you're not surprised by that, and maybe that you actually enjoy the fact that we have had and have an opportunity to attune our heart's affections to you even more. So Father, we just pray that we would, if we haven't been spending time alone with you, that we would make this a part of our daily agenda. That it's as important as breakfast, it's as important as lunch and dinner and snacks and working out, that this 5, 10, 15 minutes just alone with you, to hear you speak truth to us through your word and us just saying, God, I don't get my life right now, and you say to us, it's okay, I'm in charge. Lean into me. Do you trust that I'm truly God? God, we need you more than ever. May we just lean in to you. In your son's name that we pray. Amen. As we just continue this time together, I just want to let you know that in those moments of quiet, and there's going to be moments where you're going to get into that, that closet and you're going to be just there, and you're you're going to want to just yell out, God, my life sucks, whatever that moment is, and do it. That's Scripture. David said it. Then there's going to be moments where you're on your face and you're just weeping because you're broken. And that's okay. Do it. Our God is God, and he's big enough, and he can handle it, and he's not surprised by where you're at. But that's the point of our time of personal worship is to be honest and real and transparent with the God of God, a King of kings and Lord of lords. If you cannot be honest and transparent in that place, then you, can be, you cannot be honest and transparent anywhere else. Because he's the one that never changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will not change, and he is for you. And in that place, let him be for you.